Hello, hello. Welcome to Dickens and Quips, the podcast that takes the yates, more like yeet, out of poetry. Join me, Dee Dickens, as I wander around showing you a world of poems that isn't only populated by old dead white men. And to prove my point, this week I have the amazing Alice Gretton with me. This is such a coup. I'm so chuffed. Alice Gretton, says the bio, is an award-winning spoken word artist and producer performing across England and online since 2017. She has worked alongside Lem Sisse as a member of the Rough Cut Collective and co-produced Winchester Fest in 2020, followed by producing her own festival and writing group the Beehive Collective. Alice was Kent's poet for National Poetry Day 2019 being featured on BBC Radio 3's The Verb and becoming a regular feature on BBC Radio Kent. Alice continues to perform regularly and is soon to have a collection released. Yes she is. More about that later. Say hi Alice. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So good to have you on. I'm so pleased. I'm so, so chuffed you're here. Because what the bio doesn't tell you is about the human being. And Alice is one of the loveliest human beings I have ever met. I am. I know I say that about everybody on the show, but you know what? I'm just asking people to come on who I think are great. So I'm always going to be saying that. But Alice is definitely up there. First time I saw her, she was performing a poem called Orchestra at the Coaches Slam at Uni Slam. And I was utterly blown away, like completely. It was a raw, honest and yet beautifully delicate performance with raw honest and beautifully delicate words and she has a way when she performs of moving her body and her hands and her fingers and her face that mean her whole body is the poem it's phenomenal if you ever get a chance to see her perform you should definitely do so so um I, I know you can't see us right now, but Alice is like grinning her head off and she has one of the loveliest smiles too. So this is this is all good for me. It's all good. So this week in What You're Reading, Dee, I am, as well as been desperate to get Alice on, I've been desperate to talk about this collection. I have been reading Kumakanda by Kayo Chingonyi. Now, Kayo Chingonyi is the poet that in my first year of uni made me take a step and reassess my life and decide, actually, you know what? Maybe I want to give this poetry thing a go. He, We studied him in year one just for one week and we did um, self-portrait as a garage MC, which is stunning, absolutely stunning and talks about putting bits of sellotape over cassettes and spending your pocket money on tdk so you could record radio stations and stuff and it's just so brilliant i was like so we don't have to be talking about big things and then it occurred to me that actually he was talking about big things but he was relating it to universal experience and that was really important so yeah he's been a massive massive influence on me and his 
basically the reason I did my dissertation on slavery, black identity and inherited trauma, because his book talks about what it's like to grow up as black in in the counties. He moves moves to Essex and what's it like to be the only black in the village, pretty much. So, yeah, massively been looking forward to this. Um, And the poem I'm going to read of his is the one that inspired the poem that finished my dissertation. Um, His poem is called Some Bright Elegance, and I just hope I do it some justice. For the screw-faced in good shoes that paper the walls of dance halls, I have little patience. I say dance, not to be seen, but to be free. Your feet are made for better things. Feel the bitterness in you lift as it did for a six-year-old Bojangles, tapping a living out of Richmond beer gardens to the delight of a crowd that wasn't lynching today, but laughing at the quickness of the kids. Throw yourself into the thick, emerging pure, reduced to flesh and bone, nerve and sinew. Your folded arms understand music. Channel a pack Savoy bathroom, bathroom, ballroom, and slide across the dusty floor as your suit-suited 20 self, the feather in your hat from an ostrich, the swagger in your step from the ochre dust of a West African village. Dance for the times you've been stalked by store detectives, for a lady on the bus for the look of disgust on the face of a boy too young to understand why he hates, but only that he must. Dance for Sammy, dead and thousands and penniless, and for the thousands still scraping a buck as a street corner hoofers who, though they dance for their food, move as if it is only them and the drums talking. So yeah, so that's that's some bright elegance, and it just. What do you think, Alice? I think it's gorgeous. I love how it flows. It's got a like, really nice bounce to it. Yeah, it's yeah. to me. It's like reading it, even in my head. It's like something you can dance to, like the rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely love it. Mm. And um, Some Bright Eloquence was my after poem. So I wrote this to round off my exploration into what it's like to grow up mixed race. Um, So this is Some Bright Eloquence after Kaya Chingonyi. To the black girl sitting in the corner surrounded by white friends, I see you. I see you wearing a weave that marks you as a fern amongst English roses. I was you. This is for you. You are beautiful as you are. So dance without trying to ape the shapes of your contemporaries. Move as though the mothers of your mothers taught you what your body is for. Unashamed, unembarrassed, a vessel for the universe to play its music. Let your arms embrace the sky as your feet absorb the rhythm of the earth. Spin with its axis. I see you. 
worried about how you look, absorbing words like thick so you can embrace rather than confront the curves your grandmothers gave you. I was you, starving myself so my breasts and backside wouldn't show in a world that already sees us as inherently sexual, trying to make myself invisible. You are perfect as you are. So eat mango and papaya and chicken your mates proclaim they're too white for. Use your hands and let the juices run down your smiling chin, pity laughing at the ones who have never chewed the meat from a pork chop bone. Savour every bite of rice as wild as you are. Know it was sorted by hand to weed out imperfections. I see you struggling to accept your hair using unguents and lotions and straighteners and perms. I was you, getting perm upon perm, killing my hair to look like the colonizers, anything to fit in, whatever you can to be unnoticed. Please don't see me. Please don't hurt me. Please don't kill me. You, you are faultless as you are. So get your hair cornrowed, feel the fingers of your grandmothers entwine their stories into your tresses, making them yours to pass along. Tell your stories to girl children who are struggling. Make sure they understand they are stunning as they are. I hear you, your voice trembling as you claim your space in the world. I was you, whispering into the void of my mirror, hairbrush microphone, falsetto with fear, fear of being heard, fear of being noticed, fear of the ridicule that comes with breathing, fear of the pain of taking up room, fear of being here. So sing, let your soul resonate, release the pain, the joy, the sheer immediacy of being alive. Open yourself to be a conduit for the ancestors. Let your song come from a choir of colour. Let crowned black cranes burst fully formed from your chest to the girl the black girl sitting in the corner surrounded by white friends I say this to you you are made for better things take them embrace them be them thank you I love doing that poem (laughs) it's probably one of the favorite ones I've ever written amazing thanks alice so here's the bit that you've all been waiting for i've been waiting for it's guest interview time i am gonna have to get someone to write me a jingle just because like guest interview time doesn't seem dramatic enough for how i feel about this part (laughs) (laughs) so as you've already heard today we have the wonderful alice gretton and I'm going to ask you some questions, just little questions, not important. And the first one is, why is poetry important to you? Um, I would say that I never, there was never a moment in my life where poetry wasn't important. There was never a revelation. It was always just something that I did. Like I started writing poetry before I knew what poetry really was. So I would sit there with a book when I was about eight or nine years old and I would just write about what was inside my head. And it was always stories and they always had a rhythm. They always sounded like music without the music. And it was just something that, it was just how the world was for me. It was how I processed reality around me. And so poetry has always been important in that it's as natural as water to me. It's just 
something that needs to be there to let the world as it makes I would say see that's that's a really interesting answer and what I love is that everybody has had a different answer to this question like completely different last week we talked about poetry as communication and this week here you are talking about poetry as processing and understanding the world around you that's that's really interesting because I think a lot of us write to understand what's to make sense of what's going on and it's something that we probably don't actively think about mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah so really and it's interesting how you say about what you wrote had a rhythm and sounded like music yeah I think that they sort of coincide I would say music and writing and it's just yeah you hear a bird and you hear trees and then you have thoughts that come out of that and it's just finding the the rhythm between the two yeah yeah it's like when I listen to orchestra obviously it's about body is music um and you've got which I will put in the show notes for anybody to see if they want to I'll put a link to Alice's YouTube video of orchestra set to music and it's absolutely stunning so it's obvious that music is a big part of your of your practice so but I hadn't thought of it quite like that like music without instruments maybe we are the instrument so yeah so are you writing at the moment and if so what kind of stuff are you writing um I'm writing quite a lot of uh sort of romantic poetry because I came out of um quite a long relationship this year and it was something that um I processed through writing and I sort of understood via talking about it and writing about it and that sort of got me through how I felt about yeah. it all and then obviously I started a new relationship as well um this past week or so and I keep writing soppy happy love poetry about her so it's all to do with love and loss and soppy stuff at the moment really <laughs> awesome I cannot wait to read it and yeah again Alice is grinning her head off and this is lovely to see <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm all for it. Soppy love poetry is amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. It's like, definitely. <laughs> um, the nearest I used to get to writing a soppy love poem was head on a wall. Maybe one day I will do it on this podcast, but you would probably need to turn your your volume quite down quite a bit for that. It does involve <laughs> a bit of shouting. So what are you reading at the moment? If you are reading. Reading. Um, I am, but it's boring stuff, if I'm honest with you. Um, I'm reading mostly um, stuff for my university work. So um, I'm doing reading uh, psychology for the arts sort of text, which is um, based around if uh, performers and poets, etc., like uh, visual artists as well, have different mental processes to those who don't. And that's the kind of thing that I'm studying at the moment. So that's what I'm mostly reading about is the brain to the words. Awesome. That actually sounds, doesn't it, I get it because I'm just started back as well. I've just started my master's studies this week, in fact. And 
I get it about you not reading things that you would choose to read, but that still sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This week yeah. I'm reading The Handmaid's Tale, which is, yeah, <laughs> which I'd never read. There's so many of these books that you're supposed to have read that I've never read. So I'm getting to read them for uni, which is kind of cool, actually, because I don't know that I would have quite got them if I'd read them before. But anyhow, that's a whole other discussion. Maybe I'll set up a book podcast. That'd be cool <laughs> if I can find some time in the day. But yeah, so it's time for you to pick a poem by somebody else that you love and tell us why you love it oh okay um so a poem that i love by somebody else and the reason i love it um is ocd by neil hillborn good choice because i have really bad ocd i haven't really spoken about it often because um i don't know i tend to not I just tend to not go into detail. I let poetry I've written is often about OCD, but isn't specifically directly to do with it. But he goes into it so beautifully and it resonates so much. And it made me feel almost not normal, but like like I wasn't alone in the experience that I had been quite quiet about. So that is awesome. Beautiful. Awesome. So you're going to read it for us? Yeah, I'm just grabbing it up now. Don't know awesome. why Because what really annoys me, what I love about this poem is it kind of puts paid to people who just like to be a bit tidy saying I'm a bit OCD because that irritates the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And normally when people say, Oh, I'm a I'm a bit OCD about having having the living room tidy, and I'm like, all oh, right, the voices in your head tell you your family gonna die. And they go, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, shut up. <laughs> don't even talk. Don't let those words leave your mouth until you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I, I hand the floor to you, Alice. Thank you. The first time I saw her, everything in my head went quiet. All the ticks, all the constantly refreshing images just disappeared. When you have obsessive compulsive disorder, you don't really get quiet moments. Even in bed, I'm thinking, did I lock the doors? Yes, did I wash my hands? Yes, did I lock the doors? Yes, did I wash my hands? Yes, but yet when I saw her, the only thing I could think about was the hairpin curve of her lips or the eyelash on her cheek, the eyelash on her cheek, the eyelash on her cheek. I knew I had to talk to her. I asked her out six times in 30 seconds. She said yes after the third one, but none of them felt right, so I had to keep going. On our first date, I spent more time organizing my meal by color than I did eating it or fucking talking to her. But she loved it. She loved that I had to kiss her goodbye 16 times or 24 times if it was a Wednesday. She loved that it took me forever to walk home because there are lots of cracks in our sidewalk. When we moved in together, she said she felt safe. Like no one would ever rob us because I definitely locked the door 18 times. I'd always watch her mouth when she talked, 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 when she she said she loved me, her mouth would curl up at the edges. At night, she'd lay in bed and watch me turn the lights off and on and 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 off. She'd close her eyes and imagine that the days and nights were passing in front of her. Some mornings I'd start kissing her goodbye 
but she'd just leave because I was making her late for work. When I stopped in front of the cracks in the sidewalk, she just kept walking. When she said she loved me, her mouth was a straight line. She told me that I was taking up too much of her time. Last week, she started sleeping at her mother's place. She told me that she shouldn't have let me go get so attached to her, that this whole thing was a mistake. But how can it be a mistake that I don't have to wash my hands after I've touched her? Love is not a mistake. And it's killing me that she can run away from this and I just can't. I can't go out and find someone new because I always think of her. Usually when I obsess over things, I see germs sneaking into my skin. I see myself crushed by an endless succession of cars and she was the first beautiful thing I ever got stuck on. I want to wake up every morning thinking about the way she holds her steering wheel, how she turns shower knobs like she's opening a safe, how she blows out the candles, blows out the candles, blows out the candles, blows out the candles, blows out. Now I just think about who else is kissing her. I can't breathe because he only kisses her once. He doesn't care if it's perfect. I want her back so bad. I leave the door unlocked. I leave the lights on. Wow. Beautiful. It's It's a beautiful poem and your performance of it then just did it absolute justice. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. That was stunning. I'm sat here with goosebumps. Oh my God. It's just that line about I can't breathe because he only kisses her once. He doesn't care if it's perfect is just, mm-hmm. oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Whew. Moving on. <laughs> Completely blown away. You can see now why. Like, I was so keen to get Alice on. She's amazing. So it's the time that I've been really, really looking forward to. And this is when Alice chooses one of her own poems to grace us with. And I never ask my guests which one it's going to be. I always hope for one. But even when I do, they don't read the one that I'm hoping for, it's always brilliant. So I'm really not fussed. So Alice... Which of your poems are you going to read for us? Um, I I think I'm going to read this one. It's it's a brand new one, which Ooh. is why um, it's called "Story in Your Skull," and it's it's not too long, but it's yeah, like it. Go for it. You have a story in your skull that can never seem to leave it. Let it sit at lunch with your family. Talk about weather that never happened. Clouds you only made from the head that just won't stop talking. You try to paint a sky that's blue, but you ran out of paintbrushes. The last time you let your brain tell you the truth, you put your on your new shoes. Left the house one day, caught up with nature as it ran away from you, panting to be treated better. The leaves at your feet are tired. They have been floating for such a long time. You are weary and weak. Your arm fell asleep when you told your hand, I will not scour my body for sacrifice today. But you know that being asleep just means hitting pause on a program you didn't realise you were watching until you look at the chair that sits next to you. How it carries no weight in its pink plush cushion. How your soul has left you in a living room. And how you cradle your frame like a promise. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was gorgeous. Thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your words with us, Alice. They're always so tender and yet so <laughs> raw. It's, I don't know how you do that. It's wicked. So, so thank you once again, Alice, for sharing your words. Right. Okay. So we got to the part that another part that I really like. I, mean, I won't be doing this podcast if I didn't like it, but it's lines that make you go, oh, I wish I'd written that. <laughs> Those lines that <laughs> like, you hear them and you go, oh, oh, um, <laughs> this week. It's one from Kim Moore. And um, I went to an online reading of interactive reading of her poems and thesis last week, which was just phenomenal. You would hear a poem and then a question would come up and all of the audience members, and there are a hundred of us on that call, pressed something and it would, it was like a fighting fantasy thing depending on what the answer to that question was, would depend on where we went next in the thesis. And it was so good. And one of the poems that she didn't read was My People. But the line that makes me go, oh, from it is the last one. And it is, the women of my people are wolves and we talk to the moon in our sleep. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah and it talks straight to that inner witch the inner moon worshipper the inner woman who has still got stuff to do even though she's asleep in me you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's the line i it's from My People by Kim Moore, and I implore you to go and search out a load more of her stuff. I will, of course, put it in the show notes. Um, so this is where I'm going to make um, quite an exciting announcement. You know, if there's something you want and you can't find it, you should just make it yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to announce that myself and Joe Thomas, you may remember him from our second episode of Dickens and Quips, have decided to launch a poetry press. And we launched this Friday and it is called Chleisnaweth, which is Welsh for new voice. And the idea is that we're going to be a new voice for a new generation of marginalised writers. We are going to be specialising in um, debut collections, especially for writers from marginalised groups. So we're talking writers of colour, queer writers, any gender, any sexuality, if you're disabled, if whatever it is, we're going to be 
we're going to be looking out for you and we're going to be publishing and we could not be more excited about this and really really exciting news just before we started recording I had a lovely chat with Alice and she's coming on our roster of writers so really really proud as punch that we're going to be able to to um publish Alice so look out for that um we are Heisnoweth, and I will put the spelling of this in the show notes on Twitter and Insta and on Facebook as well. We're setting up a Facebook page. And this is really weird to say we are because we're recording this on a Wednesday and we're not launching till Friday. By the time it goes out, it would have been for, yeah, time. What even is it? It's wibbly wobbly. So, yes, that's our news. And, um, now it's time for Alice's news. It's the shameless plug episode, part of the episode. <laughs> Drop your socials. Let us know. Do you make an amazing lasagna? What is it? We want to know. Alice has disappeared. Okie dokie. So I'm going to say to you that being as she disappeared, I'm just going to plow on and if she comes back then fine we'll be able to carry on with Alice so um and I will get all her socials off her and drop it in the show notes so as for what's out there nobody has been sending um events and it's quite difficult to do because of when we record and when we go out however my advice this week is find a writing group and join don't give in to your imposter syndrome. Your words have worth and we want to hear them. So thank you for listening. I have been Dickens and Quips and you have been as ever marvellous. You can get in touch with the show on D Dickens. No, on Dickens and Quips. Sorry, I've been a little bit thrown off by Alice disappearing, I think. Right, let's try that again, shall we? Thank you for listening. I have been D Dickens and you have as ever have been marvellous. You have you can get in touch with the show on dickensandquips at gmail.com or on Twitter and Insta at Dickens and Quips. I am on The Ponty Poet or D. Dickens Poet and Author on Facebook. Alice is back. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I, just, Hello. I just carried on Sorry regardless. No, no worries. So, um, I will just like finish this one. Please do let me know if there's anything going on in your area. If you want to come on the show, hit me up. Don't forget to subscribe so I can get into your log holes every week. The prompt of the week this week is in honour of our guest and it is Beehive. So write us something with Beehive and pop it into an email. And if you do, then I'll read it out next week's show. So, Alice, we'll go back to you. Tell us your socials and do you make the world's best lasagna? Um, I make a good broccoli lasagna. I'm Ooh, good at that. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds great. It's mm. nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> my socials would be, I have a Facebook page. It's just Alice Gretton. And then uh, Twitter's the same. It's at Alice Gretton. Um, I have an Instagram, which is Alice Rose Gretton. And then I have uh, the Spark archives on there as well, which is a separate Instagram that I use um, to post. Tell us and about Spark. Shows. 
Spark is a showcase that I run at a cafe in Canterbury, so in the southeast of England. Um, it's a uh, sort of in-person showcase that I started putting online and with changes and everything to COVID, chances are it will still be going online. It's just we're working through the design of it at the moment. Um, but definitely online is the Beehive Collective, which is a Facebook group uh, that Dee has lovely self is in. Um, and it is where I post writing prompts. I'm sort of uh, in between working on different prompts at the moment. So that'll be coming out more soon. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all of it. I have some YouTube work coming out soon. There's, uh, there's a separate Spark YouTube that I will be announcing not not immediately but it's it's archives of different poets that have been on before I just need to clarify with them that they're okay with their stuff going online all the rest of it so there's quite a lot of things happening it's a big watch this space situation at the moment awesome thank you so much and thank you again for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and I as ever I love hearing your words and I'm really really excited that we're going to be working together even more in the future so I'm th- thrilled, so thrilled. <laughs> seriously me too me too um yeah I haven't even told Joe yet but he's just going to be like over the moon I know it so it's fine <laughs> So I will say thank you very much for listening. Um, Take care and try and make good choices. And if you can't make good choices, well, that's what writing poetry is for. So thank you very much and bye-bye. Bye.